Drip, Trip, and Spill, a podcast made only for the bowl. Keeping it real no matter the cause. And now, the man behind the mic, Matty Ice. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another installment of Drip, Trip, and Spill for this week, the second week of June. We're going to talk television this time. And before we do that, though, I want to get into a little bit of business really, really quickly. First of all, MattyIceMedia.com for all the other podcasts that we support here at the network. Please check it out. If you're watching this show on YouTube, please remember to like and subscribe and hit the bell so you know or notified when I put out new content. And if you're listening in the podcasting world, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. It means the world. So I love television. I love movies, as you know. In the last couple of weeks, I've talked about movies and television that I've been watching lately. And I sent an old episode from last week, actually, to a friend of mine. And it was the Mario rankings video. The Mario, the ranking Super Mario games episode that I did last week. And he loved it. Now, I know he's a gamer and I know, shout out to you, AJ, by the way, that he's somebody who would like that kind of content. But he said something that was interesting. He said, please do more top tens. I love ranking things, and I love ranking things a little bit of insight into my brain. I love ranking things because I know it causes faux controversy. And when I say faux controversy, I mean when you put something in a ranking system, people are 100% going to be like, oh my God, that's so egregious. How could you do that? Forgetting, of course, that these rankings are completely meaningless. You see this a lot in sports, actually. You see it with NFL power rankings like, oh, my God, how could you have the Cowboys at four? They beat this team. Nobody cares. Only one team is going to win the Super Bowl. Who cares? And it got me to thinking about making another one. And when I was thinking about television, I started thinking about Stranger Things 4, which I partially reviewed last week, and I did love it. Don't get me wrong. I hadn't quite gotten to the end yet, but it, I forgot when I was talking about that show last week because I was trying to shoehorn in Doctor Strange and make this narrative that they were sort of related together. I forgot about episode four of season four, and you should know, of course, that there are some spoilers here. Season four, episode four was amazing. It was probably one of the best episodes of Stranger Things that they've ever done, and there were so many reasons why. It was an hour and 18 minutes, I think. The performances of Sadie Sink as Max was incredible. I thought everything that happened with all the friends at the graveyard, even Vecna's performance, the guy who's playing Vecna, like there's a lot to like about it. The episode resonated with me for that last scene that everybody talks about, and it's Max being caught in Vecna's curse in the real world and and seeing a way out in Vecna's world. We see a little bit of an insight into where Vecna is, his sort of mind, what the upside down looks like and that he is in the Creel house, and we find out that music is the savior. Now, that made me very, very happy because I'm somebody who loves music. And if you remember, I did an episode on the albums that shaped me. God, this was weeks ago. And it really had a lot more to do with Taylor Hawkins' death, and I started thinking about that stuff. And so music being a therapeutic thing for people with mental health in this episode, and also knowing that I think Vecna is sort of a, I don't want to say a metaphor for depression, but I do think that dealing with the idea of pain and living with that pain. It is suffering in a lot of ways. So knowing that music can have a therapeutic effect and music is what got Max out, so many things to like. And what I realized is that that episode jumped up into the annals of my rankings of the best episodes of television that I've ever seen. And so thinking about that today, just today actually, I'm recording this on a Tuesday for everybody's awareness and I was cutting the grass today. And I thought to myself, I wonder what my favorite episodes of television are like. Do Is it time for me to reassess this? 
And so I started doing it. So what I wanted to do with this episode was give you my rankings of my favorite episodes of drama television of all time. I'm not including comedies or sitcoms here because I think that it's very difficult to have a ranking of sitcom episodes and real intense dramas with very high production value. They're basically mini movies. They're really not the same. And I think that it's important to be able to parse those out just because I think that they're so different and I don't think that it's fair. So let's dive into it. So I started watching television, obviously, when I was a kid, but when I started watching real dramas was when HBO was at its peak, and I started watching shows like The Sopranos, and obviously HBO in the late 90s, early 2000s was at a huge boom, and obviously ever since then, the history has been written. Now, these are only going to be shows that I have watched. These are not episodes of shows that I've never seen. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, what the hell? Why isn't there an episode of Game of Thrones on there? I've never seen a minute of Game of Thrones, not because I don't want to, just because I haven't gotten around to it. So don't kill me because I don't have an episode that's a favorite of yours. If I haven't seen the show, I can't rank it because I don't know what the hell it's about. So I just want to put that out there. So if I'm looking at shows, let's look at it this way. I would say that Six Feet Under is one of my favorite shows of all time. And that's an HBO show that was happening right around the time that The Sopranos was happening. It ended before The Sopranos. I think it ended in 2005. It debuted in 2001. And it's such a striking show for so many reasons because it takes family dysfunction and puts it out on the forefront. But the main topic of the entire show is death. The family, they they own a funeral home. And you see death in the entirety of the episode, in the entirety of the show. Every single episode starts with a death of somebody And that somebody ends up being at the funeral home that these people work at. And I think that that's all very, very interesting because we don't think about it very often. Somebody dies every single day that we are living. And I don't think we realize how often it happens. We think about death when it comes to our front door and our grief starts to hit us. And we don't think about the fact that somebody goes through that every single day. Very rarely does the final episode of a show make a ranking list like this. But the final episode of Six Feet Under called Everyone's Waiting 100% is my favorite of those episodes. And it's one of my favorite episodes of all time. And why? The finale, the last 10 minutes or so, is one of the most perfect segments in television history as far as I'm concerned. And it wraps up so many things that we got so invested in. There were a lot of characters that came out in that show, a lot of characters that were polarizing. But you learn to love a lot of the characters and feel something for them along the way, whether it's positive or negative. And seeing how everybody died, all the main characters died in that show, was fitting for a show that was about death. And you don't think about it. We think about our lives in this moment so often. And to flash forward in a show and see how everybody died and how old they were, it was powerful. It was so powerful. And the one person that we thought would live the least ended up living the longest and that was Claire and that was what everything was about. She was finally leaving her family and didn't want to leave and it was the start of a new life for her and that end scene was just wonderful. It wrapped up the show so well and it's one of the few scenes in television that when I watch it I still get emotional even though I know it's going to happen and that's very very rare so that's my number five. Ironically number four is going to be another series finale but this is one of This is one show that has two episodes on my list, and this is Breaking Bad Felina. If you've never seen Breaking Bad, this is a huge spoiler, but um, Walter White dies at the end of that show. Heisenberg dies. Now, why is this finale so good? 
This finale is so good, one, because the ending is satisfactory. Walter gets revenge on all the people that screwed him over, and he very silently reconciles with Jesse, and that's a great thing. It's very satisfying. It was the buildup to how we got there. Breaking Bad is the last television show that I can remember that came out and had such a hype week to week. And the way that they did the last season, those last six episodes or eight episodes were just so jam-packed with action, drama, emotions, and it was done so well. The writing was so well done. The acting was wonderful. Everything about that show was amazing. And the finale ending the way that it did with all that satisfaction, it was a fitting ending to a show that had rewarded you season after season after season with just amazing content. I'm not shy to say that Breaking Bad is my favorite television show of all time, and the finale was, it was perfect just about. Maybe not as perfect as one of the other episodes in that show, but it certainly was amazing and I loved it. My number three, man, my number three is actually Stranger Things 4, Dear Billy. That was the episode we just talked about. Stranger Things has an allure to it that is unlike a lot of different shows. It traffics in horror, it traffics in thriller, and most of the time, those don't elicit some kind of an emotional response unless that horror movie is about something that you can actually believe would happen. And Stranger Things is not one of those shows. Stranger Things is a show that has demons and all these upside downs and things, and that doesn't seem real. We know it's not real. But yet the scenes in those in that episode, everything Max was going through, learning that she was part of Vecna's curse, learning that she had the trauma, learning everything, and having to come to grips with the fact that her life could be ending, and that maybe she hasn't said everything to everybody that she loves. But she's still unwilling to do it in a personal way. She's still unable to do it with her words. She uses handwriting. She writes letters. And Vecna is chasing her this entire episode making this interaction that she thought she was having with her mom be different. And then her friends are there, and they can't do anything about it. Her friends feel helpless. They crack the code to everything that's happening with, you know, Nancy and Robin going to Victor Creel and everything that we learn about that. So we learn that music has that therapeutic element to it. And the ending is just so heart-wrenching, and it's just, I, I was on the edge of my seat. You want to know, God, is Max going to survive? Are they really going to kill her? And you hope, you pray in that three minutes that she's running. It feels like forever. It's just so well-crafted. It had everything that makes Stranger Things great. The most important element, though, was the character development and the character relationships with each other. Even though those kids are older and even though they don't look like those cute little kids that we knew from season one, they still have that connection with each other. You still feel it. So when Lucas and Max are there, and Steve, and all of it is there. And it's just, it's just you feel that connection, and you want that for them. And Dustin is figuring everything out. I just, that's the charm of that show that will always be there. No matter what happens to any of the characters, you will feel something. And so it just, it elicited this response that was just, man, it was awesome. And so that's why it's number three. And maybe that's high, because you think, wow, that's over the Breaking Bad finale. There's a reason why. The Sopranos. Probably my second favorite television show of all time. I love The Sopranos. And now as I was getting older, I went back and revisited those shows with my wife. And I saw some of the episodes a little bit differently. I used to not like season four. And then I realized that season four, despite it not having the same kind of action 
or drama that some of the other episodes in other seasons had. It had a lot to like and some of the best acting performances in the entire show. But that's not where I'm pulling from. I'm actually pulling from season five, episode 12, which is called Long Term Parking. This is the episode where everything with Adriana and the FBI comes to a head. Christopher learns about this and Adriana tells him because she can't take it anymore and she thinks that they're going to escape. She thinks that they're going to be able to get out and hide. Christopher, that scene where he finds out and he's choking her, it feels so real. Honestly, watching it back over and over again, I'm not convinced that he's not choking her. Everything looks so damn real. The bruises seem like they were real. The acting was amazing. And when he's screaming, how could you do this to us? We're dead. You know that? That's the game that they play, being in the mafia. Adriana really didn't understand that. And I hate to say it, but she wasn't smart enough to understand. Everything that came with being a mobster was great. And that was something that happened in that show a lot. A lot of the women, Carmela, Meadow, they didn't really... They didn't understand the full breadth of it. They looked the other way with some of those uncomfortable truths. I remember the scene where Meadow was hit on by that guy from New York, and she knew by telling Tony what would happen. She knew that her father was going to react, and he did, and that was, God, that was uncomfortable. But in that scene, when you realize that Adriana, what's going to happen to her? And Silvio picks her up, and she they're driving, and you think for a few seconds, fleeting moments, that, oh, maybe he's really going to take her to go see Christopher. Maybe Christopher is actually hurt. And then you realize in gut-wrenching fashion, Silvio has this one look on his face while Adriana's crying. And you're like, oh no. It's the only kill in that show in which they did not show the body. And I think that that was done on purpose. It left people with a little bit of hope. And I remember we wondered, is she going to come back? Is Adriana really alive? Is that what's going to happen? And that's not what happened. And imagine being in a job in which that family, in quotes, The business is more important than somebody that you're supposedly love. And Christopher narked out his fiance and was part of her murder, hiding her car at the airport, throwing her suitcase in the river. Think about that. It's amazing. And that scene was so powerful. That episode was so powerful. There's so many things that stand out about The Sopranos, but that one in particular stands out to me. If I have an honorable mention here, is it going to be another Sopranos episode? Maybe Pine Barrens. Pine Barrens is wonderful because it taps into comedy for The Sopranos. So if you've never seen The Sopranos, once you get to that episode, you'll totally know it. It's amazing. Number one, this is not a hard choice for me. Actually, this has been true since I saw this episode in 2013. And this has been my favorite episode of television of all time. And I'm not sure it will ever be top. And that is Ozymandias from Breaking Bad. This episode was just everything that you'd want in a television episode in one. In a drama series, I mean. There wasn't a lot of comedy in this show, and there really shouldn't have been, because quite frankly, it was a very serious show. But this this episode started with Hank, and he died, and that was just jarring. Because even though you kind of knew it was going to happen, the way that it happened and everything, was it was incredible. All the other things that happened in that episode, down to Walt stealing his own child from Skylar, and Anna Gunn in the road, on her knees, screaming that whole scene. God, everything about that episode was perfect. It was just unbelievable. And that's, I think, what made the finale so great, is that episode built up to everything that we saw in the finale in a way that was just, it was perfect. It was unbelievable. And I have not seen it since, and I don't know when I will watch it again, But I just know that everything that happened in that episode, everything was perfect. The writing was exceptional. The performances, the cinematography, the music, it was perfect. It was a perfect piece of art. And I cannot wait to watch it again, hopefully with my wife one day. I don't know. 
That's my top five favorite episodes of all time. And maybe one day I'll do comedies, but I started thinking about dramas because Stranger Things is obviously more in a serious tone, and I thought it was a good place to do something like this. Hey, what are my favorites? And those are my favorites. I really need to start breaking out a little bit. Obviously, there's a lot of other shows out there that I haven't seen. The Americans, Game of Thrones, True Detective. There's a lot of different avenues that I can go. My wife and I are trying to check things off the box as we can. That's how we got in The Wire. I mean, The Wire was fantastic. I did that review a few weeks ago, but none of the episodes singularly were cracking my top five, but I loved the entirety of season four. It was wonderful as a whole season. And maybe that's another one, seasons in ep- seasons within these dramas. But that's just something about me that I love, the kind of things that resonate with me. That's what makes TV and movies so wonderful. Everything is different for everybody. What resonates with one resonates with the others. A lot of people love The Sopranos for the killing. I love The Sopranos for other things, the dramas that took place within, the interpersonal relationships that happen between these people, the sociopathic nature of Tony being able to manipulate situations at all costs because no matter what, the family comes first. Then Breaking Bad, it was watching the world building. But that show did such a great job starting as one teacher finding out he has cancer and the unknown of cancer to being a world-known drug trafficker. Unbelievable. What are some of your favorite episodes of television of all time? If you're watching on YouTube, let me know in the comments. If you're listening on the podcasting world, at Drip Trip Spill on both Instagram and Twitter. And those are the best places to find me. I'd love to know where it is you love to watch television. or I'd love to know what some of your favorites are. I'd love to know what your, what your most memorable episodes are. And if you have any recommendations for me, please let me know. And then I can at least add it to the queue and see if my wife will watch it. She won't watch Game of Thrones, but I might be able to get her watch, to watch True Detective. I hope everybody has a great rest of your day. I hope that you stay safe. And I will talk to you all next time. Peace, everybody. The opinions and viewpoints on Drip, Trip, and Spill are those of Matt Freights and his guests and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Drip, Trip, and Spill is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and is brought to you exclusively by the Matty Ice Media Network.